Good morning. It is good to be with you. I'm grateful for a nice, warm building for us to assemble and to encourage each other in our walk before God and in Jesus Christ. We have many things to be grateful to our God for, and one of them is the simple fact that we can be warm today on this very unpleasant day of weather. But it is the Lord's day, and the Lord's day is always a good day, and let us rejoice in him. Having come through last year's challenges and losses, 2021 needs to be a year, get this going here, there, 2021 needs to be a year where we are focusing on maturing spiritually, on growing up, growing up in all aspects to the measure of Jesus, the measure of our Lord. And so each one of us must direct our hearts, must direct our minds as well as our bodies to put forth the right kind of effort. And the kind of effort that will attain the desired results in the Lord. And so the characteristic of self-control is an intricate component to our walk in Jesus. When Paul preached to Governor Felix, if you recall, in Acts 24, verse 25, you know, he was reasoning with him about Jesus, reasoning him about the gospel, and we're told what, was, what composed that whole reasoning discourse was the fact that Paul talked to him about righteousness, and he talked to him about self-control, and he talked to him about judgment to come. I would suggest to you that most everybody has some measure of self-control. We all show it in one way or another. Even people in the world do. They have a measure of self-control which directs the individual, directs all of us regarding to what we do or what we don't do. But I think the real question is this. Is he or are we exercising that control of ourselves to the glory of God, or is it for selfish reasons? Why? Why we implement self-control is a major factor in our walk with God. Do I control some aspect of my life, maybe my actions, my words, or even my habits, do I control these things for self-preservation, for personal gain? Or do I adorn myself with self-control in order to sow to the Spirit? All those belonging to Christ are to be bearing the Spirit's fruit. And even in our class this morning... Brother Reed brought up this passage in Galatians chapter 5 about our walk as Christians. And you turn there and you glance at those verses and we make note, for example, there in, in verse 24 and 25, where he says, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passion desires. 
And if we live by the Spirit, let us walk by the Spirit. So a Christian who is walking by the Spirit is not going to pursue the deeds of the flesh. Why? Because he's crucified that. He's crucified the flesh with all its lust. Instead, he is to be practicing the fruit of the Spirit. So on the one hand, we put away the bad and we put on the good. And self-control is one of those things. It is one of those spiritual traits that is necessary if I am going to walk in the Spirit, if I'm going to be led by the Spirit so that I don't fill my life with the works of the flesh. A life without that, a life without self-control is actually a life of someone who is denied the power of godliness. It is a life you know, who is living in opposition to truth. Over in 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, we have actually Paul, the apostle's last letter that he composed. And he writes to Timothy about the work that is before him and the challenges that are before him. And it begins here in the third chapter saying, but realize this. He's talking to the evangelist and to all after him. He says, realize that in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self and lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. Avoid such men as these. Among them are those who enter into households and captivate weak women, weighed down with sins, led on by various impulses, always learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. We are living in the difficult times of the last days. A time where the love of this world and the love of things in the world is increasingly all around us. It's not just around us. It's increasing. Ungodly worldliness is promoted. Ungodly worldliness is practiced with, with great fervor around us. Ungodliness is passionately proclaimed. Over the centuries, the devil has put together a very successful and effective marketing team. And it's being marketed. Worldliness. A denial of godliness. A rejection of truth. And what is being advertised and what is being sold is that you don't have to deny any worldly desires. And you don't have to live godly even to be a Christian. That's what, what's being sold and advertised today. Is that those you know, people can even be followers or so-called followers of believers and, and Christians so-called. And still practice and do the things of the world. 
the very things listed here in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Satan has deceived many people in thinking that self-control is a bad thing. Why? Well, because it deprives them of some happiness in this world. We live in very difficult times. We're living at a time that Paul warned Timothy that was soon to come. But the real test of our self-control, the real test of our self-control is the fact that when we have that moment, it's the moment when the right decision, the right path is the difficult one. That's really when self-control is tested. When it's hard to, to take the right path, it's hard to uphold the right thing. Self-control is two-sided. On the one hand, we must exercise control in continually refusing sin. That's part of self-control. But that's only half of it, is it not? The other half is that we must always exercise control in continually doing what is right in God's sight. And so self-control calls for us to say no to sin. Yes, we understand that. But also it calls for us to say yes to God. In a time where most do not. And so when, when you and I find ourselves in that tough spot where we are wanting to gratify the sinful lust. When we find ourselves in that moment that we are wanting to gratify the flesh. It is then self-control that must be called upon. Or when you're questioning whether or not to do what God says. Because in that moment, it may be you and I are not wanting to do what God says. Self-control has to step up and push onward and submit to God anyway. The seriousness of this topic is the fact that to assure entrance to assure entrance into the eternal kingdom of God, you must practice self-control every day. In 2 Peter chapter 1, you're familiar with what we often describe as the Christian virtues. Things that are to be added diligently to our life. And one of them is self-control, verse 6. But drop down to verse 10 and 11. And consider what it says in the same context of us growing and cultivating and holding these attributes in our life as God's people. The idea that we need to be bolstering our self-control in 21. He says, therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. You have been called. You have been chosen of the Lord. And Peter the Apostle admonishes all and says, you... Be diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. What things? Well, the things he talked about earlier. All these different attributes, these Christ-like characteristics such as self-control, as long as you are practicing these things, you will never stumble. 
For in this way, what way? Practicing these things. What things? These virtues, these qualities, these attributes that are Christ-like. For in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of the, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be abundantly supplied to you. The real test of self-control is always the moment when it's hard. Either we were being tempted to do the wrong thing or tempted not to do the right thing. Either way, that moment when it's hard, it's difficult, is when self-control must step up to the plate. Exemplary men of faith in God's word, in this account of the inspired scriptures, exemplary men of faith were not exempt, great men of faith were not exempt for having to steadfastly control themselves in moments of intense temptation. <laughs> time and time again, you can find men and women of faith having to exercise self-control. For example, Job. Job there in Job 31 verse 1, we're told that Job made a covenant with his eyes. He made a covenant with his eyes so that he would not lust after a virgin. He had to exercise self-control. Or you turn back to Genesis chapter 39, you consider the account of Joseph, which is very familiar to us, where he is there a slave and steward in the house of of Potiphar, until finally one day he had to literally run out of the house because of a woman's persistent, persistent enticement to sin with her. The day he ran out wasn't the first day that this had been going on. He had to exercise self-control in that moment. Or you think about Daniel and the story of the lion's den. Where Daniel there in Daniel chapter 6 verse 7 and 10 that we're told that after the decree was made, what does Daniel do? Daniel does what he always did. He continued to pray to God without stopping, without ceasing, knowing what? Knowing that it was against the law of the land. He knew it. He knew the risk. And he knew it was a risk to his life. He knew that. But he exercised self-control and continued to do the right thing. Yes, self-control must help us resist the wrong. But also self-control must motivate us to do what's right. As you already read in Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 about Paul. How the Apostle Paul had to personally discipline or buffet his body. Paul the Apostle, the great hero of faith to us, who endured so many conflicts and afflictions, says, I have to buffet, I have to discipline my body into submission. So that he was not disqualified from the heavenly goal that he preached. The real test of self-control is when it's hard to do it. That's the real test. 
Self-control is not the broad way. Self-control is not the easy road in this world. And learning to control appetites, learning to control our ambitions, and then redirecting them may just be a very painful journey. It just may be hard, and we have to do it. We need to bolster ourselves in our year 2021. We need to bolster ourselves to make sure we exercise self-control. The empowerment of self-control comes with diligent, diligent application. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5, he says, Now for this very reason also applying all diligence in your faith, supply excellence, knowledge, self-control, and so on. Look at that word again. Applying all diligence. Controlling actions or controlling words or controlling thoughts is not a genetic trait, is it? It's not something that we inherit from our parents or from our spouse. No, we've got to apply diligently to bolster self-control. And I would suggest to you that begins, first of all, by reprogramming our thinking. We've got to reprogram our thinking with God. In Romans 12, verse 2, that passage was also referred to this morning in our class. And it's interesting how well the lesson this morning you know, and my lesson now just kind of goes hand in hand. It was not necessarily purposely planned that way. But you consider what, is, what we're told there in the 12th chapter of Romans, verse 2. When he says, okay, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed. Well, how, how am I going to transform myself? He says, you've got to renew your mind. You've got to renew your mind so that you may, what? Prove what the will of God is. That which is good and acceptable and perfect. So gotta if I'm going to bolster self-control, I've got to reprogram myself. With God. God is good. His laws are good. His laws impart life. But that's not what you have been told by the world. Man's wisdom leads to ruin. Man's ways corrupt. Man's ways lead down a downward path of unrighteousness. And man tells us, the world tells us, this is all okay. This is all good. God shouldn't deprive you of your happiness. But what we need to understand, before we can truly get control of ourselves, we have to clear out of our heads all the garbage that the world has dumped in us. We've got to reprogram our thinking. And we've got to start filling our minds with what? With what is right, with what is pure, what is praiseworthy. And Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 tells us we are to think or meditate on certain things so that, so, so that God's peace may abide and reign in us. So you think about that there in verse 8. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, dwell 
meditate on these things. Think on these things. Why is that? Because we've got to reprogram our thinking. If I'm going to bolster self-control, I can't listen to the world. I've got to listen to God. And so I need to exercise my mind with God's word so that, what? So that I have spiritual muscle memory. For most of us, we have driven for, you know, driven for a number of years. If we're paying attention, you know, and we see, this, you know, see the signs, we hardly have to think about breaking, don't we? Breaking is almost, is almost automatic, you know. Our senses notice these things, and we just respond to it. And likewise, same thing, when we accelerate, we just kind of respond to it because we've trained ourselves regarding the proper way of driving. That's if we're paying attention. And that's what we need to do spiritually. We need to exercise and train our minds so that, in a sense, we just break at the right time every time. And we accelerate at the right time. But we've got to reprogram our thinking. Another thing about bolstering self-control is that we need to know our weaknesses. We need to know our limits. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, it is a text that deals in, in length about relationships, particularly the relationship of marriage and holiness. And I want you to think about what it says there in verse 5 when it's talking to couples, husbands and wives, and their relationship. He says, stop depriving one another except by agreement for a time so that you may devote yourselves to prayer and come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. I want you to think about that last section there. When he says, so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. The Lord through Paul here is warning couples about Satan taking advantage of them, taking advantage of their circumstances, tempting them with a lack of self-control. No person is above falling. No person is above being ensnared in some way by Satan's devices. Know your weaknesses. Couples, know your weaknesses. That's why he says, don't deprive Lest Satan take advantage of you. But the principle is true for all of us. In other areas of life. That we need to know our weakness. We need to know our limits. And we need to take note of those things. And we need to take note of those situations. Which trigger temptations. We need to know what sets us off. Diligently apply. Diligent apply self-control. How do you do that? Well, you need to reprogram your thinking, and you need to know your limits, your weaknesses. But also, going back to Job's example, you need to choose beforehand your course of action. Job decided, long before he was in that situation, Job decided what he needed to do to abstain from sin. He did it beforehand. A right plan of action is a lifesaver. 
A right plan of action is a lifesaver. But you've got to have a plan. You've got to know your limits. You've got to know your weaknesses. And then you've got to choose beforehand what your course of action will, will be in this or that situation. Arm yourselves with the right decision of what you will do. What you will do when you're facing your pride of life. Know what you will do when you are facing your lust of the flesh. Know what you will do when you're facing your lust of the eye. Last minute decision and last minute action leave us unprepared. Just like those foolish virgins of Matthew. But fourthly, understand, you can. You can overcome today with self-control. We know that through, through Christ we are cleansed. Through Christ we have been renewed. But also he is our advocate. He's our advocate who's helping us win our personal battles. We are not alone in this journey. We are not alone in this, in this struggle Jesus says, I am your mediator, I am your high priest, I am your advocate. I am the one at your side. But we need to understand we have to walk with the Lord one day at a time. That's how you do it. You do it one day at a time. God provides you with what? He provides you with your daily it is God who has given us the bread we need every day, both physical and spiritual. And he counsels us, for example, in, chapter, in Matthew chapter 6, he counsels us to not fret about tomorrow's troubles. In the context there, he's talking about anxiety, the sin of anxiety, the sin of worry. But that's not the only trouble we face, is it? He says, don't fret, don't trouble yourself, don't worry about tomorrow. You have enough to deal with today. And that's true with self-control. You can overcome today with self-control. Because Christ is with you. Bolster your self-control for today's challenges. You can do that. Don't worry about the mountains. That is before you. Just take charge of the moment you have right now. And overcome. Add to your faith with diligence, self-control. In conclusion, I'd like to just to make very three very quick applications of, of this being done. The first one is outbursts of anger. In Galatians 5, verse 20, it is listed as one of the works of the flesh. The outburst of anger. And the expression, I can't help myself, is just simply one of the devil's lies that so many have come to latch on to. I just can't help myself. You know, these outbursts that I have. Emotions are part of who we are. God made us beings with emotion. And emotions 
are a response, a reaction to our circumstances, to our environment. But the, our emotions are not the master of us unless we allow it. That's the key. Emotions are part of who we are. Emotions are going to be reactions. But just as Paul said, be angry but do not sin, that's where self-control steps in. And so we understand when it comes to the, the, the struggle that some may have with, the, with outbursts of anger, plan ahead what to do. Plan ahead what not to do. The next time you or I are angry about something, you know, you know, our emotions are being stirred and rising. I already have a plan. What's gonna, what your, your course of action is going to be so you do not engage in an ungodly, unchristlike outburst. What you should do or what you should not say. For example, passive aggressive responses are just as ungodly as boisterously loud. Our outbursts can take a lot of different forms and shapes. And we need to control that. How we respond and how we react and what we do and what we say. Self-control is what has to step in. But you have to know your weaknesses. You've got to have a plan. And you do that one day at a time. Sometimes one situation at a time. What about fatigue and stress? In Galatians chapter 6, Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, you know, the saints, like us, are being instructed and admonished with this encouragement. He says, let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due time we will, we will reap if we do not grow weary. All of us are fully aware of the fact that none of us are at our best. None of us are at our best when we're very tired. None of us are at our best when we're very weighed down, when we're burdened by life's cares, life's concerns. It doesn't have to be sin that weighs us down. It can just be the normal stresses of life. Come our way. And so, what about fatigue and stress? And how does it affect us? We need to have a plan of action. We need to know where our limits are. We need to know that we can get through today. Not worry about what tomorrow will bring. You and I cannot control our circumstances. We can't can't always control everything around us. We know that. But what can we control? What we can control, what I control, is how I react to the circumstances. How I react to my fatigue. How I react to my stresses. I can control that. So I need to bolster self-control in the year 2021. So that Christ is seen in you even in those difficult moments. But then finally and thirdly, personal influences. Over in Psalm 1-1, you're familiar with that 
well-known verse. He said, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. You cannot put yourself, none of us can put ourselves in the wrong place or with bad company and it not take a toll on us. We just cannot keep doing that and it not affect us. We cannot keep doing that and not influence us. We need to know that. And some of us are weaker in that area than others. And so we've got to know our limits. We've got to know our weaknesses. We've got to have a plan of action. And we've got to have determination to know what God expects of us because we, we, we programmed our thinking. And so today, this is what I'm going to do when it comes to the influences that affect me personally. That's true with digital connections. That's true with news feeds. That's true with entertainment. That's true with erring brethren and erring churches. No matter what area of influence it may be, all these things can affect us. And so, what do I need to do? Well, I need to control who and what is allowed into my personal space. I need to control that. I need to control who and what is allowed into my personal space, who and what is allowed into my heart, who and what is allowed into my head. If I'm going to bolster self-control in 21. We cannot please God. We cannot abide in Christ without it. If we're going to assure our entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, which he's prepared for all those who are his. We're going to have to do it with self-control. So bolster that. Bolster your self-control this year. Because why? You can. You can do it. One day at a time. It is a challenge. It's not always easy. But it can be done. Because through Christ, we overcome. Through Christ, we can. Through Christ, we have strength. Are you a Christian? Are you saved? Only through Christ. Only through the blood of God's Lamb can your sins be washed away. If you have not called upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ with an obedient faith, we're going to encourage you to do that today. Confess your faith with your mouth unashamedly before others. Repent of the sins that you have committed in your life and make that decision to submit. To submit to Jesus. Be baptized and he will wash away your sins. You're a Christian. There may be sin in your life that you've not repented of, that you've not prayed to God for forgiveness regarding, we can assist you making your life right today. But today you can. Now you can. We ask and invite you. Please come forward. Make your wishes known as we stand and sing the song.